I think first and foremost, you have to allow yourself to make mistakes, to realize that just as much ministry, if not more, could come from the wrong note than the right note. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Loop Community Podcast, where we're passionate about providing you with quality and affordable resources to help your band sound great, but most of all, to help you sound like you. I'm here with my co-host, Derek. How's it going, Derek? It's going great, Matt. Derek, I've been thinking about this idea about excellence and how people rate excellence and what is excellence, really? Like, How do you even judge that? Mm -hmm. So my question is, has there ever been anything in your life where you've wanted to be excellent at something? however you defined excellence. Mm -hmm. You wanted to be excellent at it. And maybe you worked hard towards it, but you never really made it to the level that you wanted to. Yeah, probably the biggest thing would be sports. I started playing basketball on a team when I was eight and played it all through um, the start of high school. And Did you watch sports with your dad growing up? or All the time. Okay. Um, basketball is right up there with football as far as watching, but basketball has always been my favorite to play. I always had my favorite players and would practice in the driveway with my dad and then like practice with my team and put a lot of hours in like playing basketball and would play with friends for fun and other sports too. But basketball was always the main one. And I always, you know, you're yeah. eight years old. You think, well, I can get to the NBA, but yeah. really you probably should have been good by the time you were two if you really <laughs> wanted to get yeah. to the NBA. But I still wanted to be excellent at So you it. always wanted to be like maybe like a famous basketball player? Yeah, or, or even just like playing college. Like yeah. maybe I don't need to be pro, but if I could get like a full ride scholarship, that'd be pretty cool or something like that. But yeah. when you don't hit five feet tall by ninth grade, that doesn't really go as planned. That right. was maybe the biggest thing was I took a long time to grow, but also just, I mean, the speed wasn't there. And probably if I'm thinking about it, like the real dedication may not have been there, although I yeah. thought I was trying really hard and putting a lot of effort in. And I was still to be at a level of excellence in sports. It has to be like extreme dedication, like extreme excellence. Yeah. yeah. And so that was always something I wanted to do. I played tennis in high school. Okay. Um, for most of high school, I always thought that would be something yeah. that I could be excellent at. Never quite got there. What was the moment like for you when you kind of realized I'm never going to be a NBA player? When I was in seventh grade, I played an entire season and I started every game and I did not score a basket <laughs> in seventh grade. Um, and oh, so man. I was like, yep, not going to happen. I was just really small and slow. And I was like, I'd be the captain of sports teams because of like a leadership perspective, but it yeah. was never because of athletic ability. Wow. And I mean, I would say I still love playing basketball and I still would never say I'm like bad. I got better after yeah, seventh grade, right. but um, I've never been excellent at it. What about you? What's something that you've wanted to be excellent at, but haven't yeah. quite got there? I think honestly for me, I think of songwriting. Hmm. I think I've always wanted to write songs. And at one point I thought I'm going to be writing songs that the church is going to sing like all around the world. And like, you know, these are going to be, you know, excellent songs. And while I've written hundreds of songs, I don't know if I could honestly say that any of them are excellent. So it's yeah. like, they're like, good. Like I can write a good song. Right. Like, I know I'm not like bad at songwriting, but you're not, it's not excellent. Yeah. And it's something that I've worked on, worked on, worked on. And I don't know, you know, probably if I had more time, I could get closer to that. But I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, you either have it or you don't. 
I don't know, but that's an example for sure in my life where I never really was able to hit the level of songwriting that I wanted to. Yeah. That kind of is a, it is an interesting thing to deal with when you're like, well, didn't it's happen. Not yeah, 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 that. right. Yeah. But this interview with Keith, you know, we kind of talk about, well, how are you defining excellence? Right. And uh, that it can be subjective. So this is a really interesting interview that we'll dive right into now. Here's my interview with Keith Everett-Smith. Keith, what's up, man? Hey, dude, how are you? I got my good friend here, Keith Everett-Smith. We're here at the National Worship Leader Conference. National Worship Leader Conference. And uh, last time I saw you, we were eating at Old Chicago. Yep, I don't think either of us were married. Neither of us were married. Neither of us were married. So it was like four years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe three, I don't know. And yeah. uh, I slept in your... Uh, did I sleep on the couch at your house? Somewhere. Maybe. I think I slept on the couch at your house, right. down in Franklin. Yep. And uh, you took me to Old Chicago, which was kind of ironic, because I'm from Chicago. Right. It's really just the only place in Franklin open past 9 a.m. 9 p.m. <laughs> right. That's true, actually. I remember it was a good, good scene. It was a good hang. Keith, so you're a great producer, worship leader... You're you're making music. Mm-hmm. You're traveling. Give give us an idea of just like what your background is. Like what have, what have you done? What do you, what do you do? What I've figured out is that I really just like seeing potential. Whether that's an idea, whether it's an artist that's really talented and needs shaped. If it's a song, uh, if it's working with a worship team, I love finding the things in creative ventures that are worth putting time into. And so I do a lot of producing of artists. I do a lot of cultivating of worship environments and uh, working with bands as a music director. I do a lot of songwriting, do a lot of horn sessions. The bigger records that I've worked on, uh, some of them have been as a horn player. I'm a trumpet player and I do a lot of writing. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so that's actually what led to my, I'd say probably my main job as uh, the multi-instrumentalist with Toby Mac is that I got called to play on his record. Wow. And so four or five songs on the This Is Not A Test record. Yeah. I did the horns on. So the that horns. Turned, yeah. So that turned into an invitation to join his band. And So what do you play in his band? Trumpet, keys, guitar, percussion. Throughout the set, you're just rotating instruments. Yeah, just kind of, it's really fun. That's cool. Yeah. I have yet to see the tour yet. It's really good. That's cool, man. I did not know you played horns. Yeah, man. That's m- m- kind of more my main thing than anything. But yeah. I, I probably, in a worship setting, I get known more as a keyboard player or a drummer. Yeah. I remember being in your studio too and hearing what you were making, making some good music. Oh, thank you. And you're still, so you're still producing. Yeah, still producing. Um, I worked on Hillary Scott's "Thy Will." I built the track for that. What else have I worked on? Right now, we're working on my wife's music, Tasha Layton. Yeah. Uh, who's signed to Tooth and Nail BEC right. Records? And, and, and she sang with uh, Katy Perry at one point, right? Yeah. Tasha um, has a really awesome story. Just she moved to LA to go to seminary. And just through these crazy circumstances, ended up singing for Katie for five years. And so, <laughs> wow, her first on like Katie's big tour, right? Wasn't oh yeah, it like the teenage, teenage dream. dream, all that stuff. Her first, oh my gosh. her first time singing outside of a church of maybe two hundred people was Madison Square Garden. Oh my gosh, you know, and she's got a seminary degree, right? And one of the few believers on the tour. And so her yeah. story, her walk with Jesus is road worn and yep. worn in and beautiful. It's pretty awesome. I'm pretty sure if you watched uh, the Katy Perry movie, Pardon Me, isn't Tasha in that? She's the purple cupcake. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
That's a good movie, by the way. It is a really good movie. I had actually seen it before I started dating her. Had I I started dating her and hadn't seen it, I I would have gone to watch it. But I I had already seen it. It's a good flick. I've seen that probably five times. It's inspiring. Don't ask me why, but it is inspiring. I think that uh, there's also like a, just a rawness about that comes out in Katie that like it humanizes her big time. Absolutely, and yeah, it was really cool. We we have a eight month old baby, and when she was in Nashville on the current tour Katie's doing, uh, no. we took the baby to meet meet her, and she was really sweet to him and everything. But and like Katie did a baby dedication or something. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. That's so funny. Um, you know, maybe you're like me, and I bet a lot of your uh, listeners are is I'm just a nerd about the behind the scenes of music. Yeah, I think too. that's probably what draws me into those kinds of movies more than anything. I just yeah. want to see yeah, just backstage. What are they using? How what are, are they, they doing? doing? Yeah, yeah, how do they do it? Like you know, hearing what kind of tape is that on the floor? What I mean, everything? even just a scene with like a drummer in the background hitting quarter notes to do sound check to yeah. me is just like eyes wide open. Kind yeah, of press thing. pause, look at every little yeah. cable running everywhere. And- yeah. Listening to surround sound yeah. mixes of songs I know in stereo. I mean, I'm just such a nerd. So you guys got to go backstage at a Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Just yeah. see what they're using. And yeah, it's it's amazing. neat. You know, redundant rigs and everything. Oh, yeah. They have people sure. that just watch their tracks. You know, to to dive into tracks and things. Right. They have somebody who just that's their job. If anything goes wrong, yeah. they fix it. You know. Wow. All right. So you know Katy Perry. Well. Well. You are one step removed. My, my wife definitely knows yeah, Katy yeah, yeah. Perry, like, and I have met Katy Perry. You've got a baby. You're a producer, worship leader, but you're also, you teach, you help train worship leaders, right? And I think Tasha does as well. Yeah. Tasha teaches voice and theology at Trevecca University, yeah. where we are right yeah. now with the conference. And I just kind of have a real passion for just helping people, I think is really what it boils down to. But I think my experience on a production side and music making side and even in what you call, you know, quote, entertainment with with Toby and other artists, those kinds of things are so polarizing in the church, but it's not as polarizing as we make it. They're communication tools. Mm. And if used the right way, they don't have to be the dirty word associated with the opposite of spirit-filled worship. And I think that's something that I've noticed is that it's either super flowy and raw or it's super produced and, you know, neat and tidy. Right. And one of the the things that's been fun about having my foot in both of these worlds is trying to help teams understand how they can blend yeah. those worlds. That there can be a mixture of both. Yeah, there can be a mixture of both. And one of the things I teach with a lot of bands is scenario planning. You know, I'd say even in a free-flowing worship service, I tend to know in the places of the song that Tasha might want to do the bridge more than once, or she might want to stop hmm. and speak before she starts the bridge, or do another chorus, or, you know, there are just things that if you practice the right way, you can let your people know, hey, be aware at this point, we may do this, you know, right. we may do that. And just... Like planned spontaneity? In yeah, a way. well, well, definitely not um, simulated hmm. spontaneity. I don't think that does anybody any good, you know. Hmm. But definitely an allowance for spontaneity to say, you know, if the Spirit were to tell me, uh, or tell Tasha as the worship leader, hey, I feel like I need to say something. This would probably be the place she'd do it. Yeah. So be ready to camp out. I do have a talkback mic. I try not to overdo the talkback mic. Yeah. Same way I don't overdo my cues. Yeah, right, um, right. You know, if if there's a point in the song that always goes to the chorus, the verse always goes into the chorus, and there's no kind of like 
weird 6-4 measure or yeah. something or just yeah. it always goes the chorus. Sometimes I don't put that cue in because I just don't want somebody barking at me right. all the time. Yeah, but if, yeah if, if everyone knows they're going there anyway, then don't right. bother them. So I don't, so I don't do it. But, but if huh. it is needed, I'll clarify it. Like if yeah. there's a chorus and, and if there's two choruses and you might have an inclination to go to the bridge, yeah, clarify it. You know? yeah. um, but I try to get those voices out whenever you can. But then just to let people know with my talkback mic, hey, yeah, right. I might tell you, or we're sitting, or I want to build some tension behind what she's saying. You know, I'll start calling out chords to people that they can play behind her, or yeah. you know, letting the bass player know I want to hey pedal the the yeah. one chord over the chord changes and the guitars and keys moving on top, just right. things like that yeah, that right. I are are kind of fun and let a band kind of feel like there's a reason to be on the edge of their chair, you know, yeah. with an excitement about the way they play. And it probably feels a little bit less like karaoke worship. Absolutely, like just well, we're just stuck to a track. Here's a, we're you, playing exactly as it. It's you ought out. to come expecting God to do something. Mm. And one of the downfalls of being so rigid to a track is that, say it this way, there's a reason why most of us don't go see the same movie twice. Once mm. you know the ending, there's yeah. no reason to go back unless it's The Greatest Showman or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in or general... Katy Perry. Yeah, or Katy Perry, like you said. Uh, there's not much reason to go back. And I think for many churches we put different songs in different places. We're, in a, sense, in a sense, playing the same movie every week. And so people stop coming expectant. Hmm. And I think there's some things that we can do to aid that and just to know that we have the ability yeah. to stop. We have the ability to go go yeah. long. And that's not every place's right thing to do, and it's not right. the right thing to do all the time. But could we? Yeah. Should we? Well, and that's what's cool with technology. It has made it so it is easier to be flexible with technology like where it doesn't where the tracks aren't controlling you but you can actually control the tracks yeah and uh, you know we use ableton live to run tracks and things and you know until a couple years ago you know there were people like loop community that were building these ipad apps and things and that's awesome but for a while they couldn't do multi-outputs yeah there were very little things and you know i just walked up and was asking you about this oh yeah this app and it can do multi-outputs and now you can redo the arrangement and all the kind of things that takes me forever to do in ableton right it kind of does for you and so i guess i'm making a little pitch on your behalf but actually because i'm (laughs) kind of of impressed yeah and Ableton can do tons of stuff. I mean, with programming lights and lyrics and but I think that it is cool though how technology, whether it's Ableton or like a mobile app like ours, like now you're controlling the tracks. The tracks aren't controlling you. Mm -hmm. At least they don't have to. Right. And man, the idea of running everything off Ableton kind of freaks me out though. (laughs) You know, that if that were to go down, it all goes down. Yeah, I know. You know. It is a little scary actually. Yeah. I've actually never done that for that reason. I'm like, yeah. well, maybe I'll just have someone run the lyrics. Just because you fine. can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, right. You know, or are you right. willing to set all your hopes and dreams on that MacBook Pro that's yeah. probably needs replaced? Right. So you had a session, right, talking about excellence. Yeah. And maybe that kind of ties in with technology and how technology has helped people build excellence in their worship. Yeah. So the class I taught is called the Excellence Idol. So what it is is just excellence tends to be out of balance, and the tagline for the class is. Excellence is a wonderful value, but a horrible goal. When you aim at Jesus, Hmm. when you make your goal Jesus, you tend to give him your best. If he were going to show up at your house, you wouldn't clean your house because you want to be have an impressive house. You clean it because he's worthy of cleaning the house. Yeah, right. You know, and when you when your goal is Jesus, you get excellence as a natural byproduct. You know, we were made excellent. 
We are intrinsically excellent. The result of our efforts is excellent. But when you aim at excellence, you make an idol of it, and you don't get Jesus as a byproduct of aiming at an idol. Wow. And so it's a really cool idea to notice that the Bible doesn't talk about striving for excellence. It doesn't talk about things becoming excellent. What I notice is that when excellence is mentioned in the Bible, it talks about the things that are excellent. It tells you whatever is good and pure and uh, worthy of praise, focus on those things. Things that are intrinsically excellent. And I would say one of the problems with the way we view excellence is that excellence is on a sliding scale. Who's to say what's excellent enough? Right. That idea alone ought to be question enough for us to go, maybe this isn't exactly what it ought to be. And so what if what is most excellent is to come off tracks? Right. What if what's excellent is for the worship leader to sing a song that the band doesn't know because the Holy Spirit said someone in the room needed to hear it? Wow. What if the pastor's message was a little clunky because his son needed him to be around more than he needed him to work on his message? You know, someone is going to say all those things lack excellence. Right. Except for where the excellence is clearly seen to that son who got his dad for the afternoon, you know, Mm. or that person that heard those lyrics that needed to hear it. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever it is, we have to take the excellence and put it where it goes. Huh. And excellence is a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful value. But to aim at it, it leads to burnout. It leads to depression, I think, in a lot of areas and just a lot of dissatisfaction. It doesn't have as much place as we've allowed it to have. Yeah. It's almost like we measure excellence based on like we're comparing ourselves to other people or like, do I sound like Hillsong or like we need to sound exactly like Bethel and that would be excellence. Worldly excellence always leads to comparison. Yeah, right. And comparison tends to lead us towards thinking too highly of ourselves or too lowly of ourselves. Mm. Rarely does comparison tell us the truth about what God sees. When you were talking about it being a sliding scale, I feel like you can go to any art gallery. (laughs) I was in Europe with my wife for a week last summer. And uh, yeah, you, you you see so much art and it's so different. But here, all these art pieces are actually made it into a museum. But they're all definitely very, very different. And so it's like someone decided like this is excellent art. But they're not all the same. It's all very um, unique to the artist. And is it beautiful because it's art? Does it matter that it's good or not? Because who decides that? Right. You know, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe it's excellent because someone excellent made it. Yeah, right. You know, who's who's to say? And you probably didn't like or didn't understand certain pieces of art. Mm -hmm. Does that matter? (laughs) Is it not excellence because you don't understand it? Because I didn't like it. Yeah, right. Wow. So what would you tell a worship leader who's in this, you know, day and age, you know, leading worship? How can they not make excellence as an idol? I think first and foremost, you have to allow yourself to make mistakes, to realize that just as much ministry, if not more, could come from the wrong note than the right note. I've actually allowed myself to walk into a worship service and be ministered to by the wrong notes. When I hear a wrong note from a bass player, I've allowed myself to say, Lord, you didn't ask me to come here perfect. I couldn't come here perfect because I'm not. God, you're going to use my mistakes. And I and I let that mistake actually be part of the ministry to my heart in those worship services. And I think that's the first step is just to not exalt the perfect performance. To right. know that we have to lead with our imperfections. That's one of the keys to a vulnerable life, to connection with other people. Yeah, right. And there's this idea of prosody in songwriting that a moody or sad lyric 
would be matched with a maybe a minor melody mm. and a dark track. All those things, the the prosody, it's there's a similarity in each tone. And there's prosody in life too, that if we're saying and asking people to come to us with their brokenness, but we lack prosody by creating such a perfect performance, we lose the ability to connect with those people with the prosody. When we say there's a brokenness to what we do, there's some imperfection in what we do, and that's a beautiful thing, I think you end up with far more connection points to the people that walk in your doors than if you present a crystal clear yeah. performance of things. Wow. But again, and who's to say it's perfect enough? Yeah, right. And especially when you consider like on each of our phones, you have access to far better entertainment than you could ever give anybody. You shouldn't have as much money as those people have to make the art they've created on YouTube. Right. You just can't do it. You have an obligation to present Jesus far more greater than your presentation. Yeah, right. Because you can't present anything to them that's going to impress them. So I think... It's a very freeing idea. Yeah. The freedom of Christ is that it's not dependent on how good it is. You want to do a good job, but it's going to be excellent. Yeah. Like I said, you giving yourself to Jesus and say, Lord, what do you right. want me to do? Sometimes it's, I want you to forego a little rehearsal time to pray for that person you know on your team that's going through a rough time. That's excellent in that right. moment. But sometimes Holy Spirit could say, I want you to put in extra time on that musical element. It lacks not your strategy of excellence. Right. It's a response to Holy Spirit, what do you want from me? Yeah. We would probably need far fewer worship conferences <laughs> if we had yeah. a life of, Lord, yeah. what do you want right now? Yeah, and it really just takes listening. It takes pausing, realizing that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and following that. It takes some Sabbath. Mm. It takes a disposition, some solitude to say, Lord, what are you saying? Right. Really, you're saying that? Okay. Right. You know, And maybe that's a little touchy-feely. Uh, for some people, but I've really come to know that as true yeah. in my life and a real guiding light for what I do and what's worth putting my effort into. Yeah. And I'm making wow. better music than I've ever made when I've stopped striving to make it good. Wow. Yeah. It's better than it's ever been because yeah. I've let go of the pressure. Right. Yeah. Seek the one who is excellent and it'll be excellent in a exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not yeah. an assault on excellence. <laughs> yeah. Um, or you sounding good or your giant sound system you had. Yeah. It's just a repurposing. That's good, man. Yeah. That, I think that's something that worship leaders need to hear. I think so, too. So how could, uh, if people wanted to get in touch with you or hear your music or, I don't know, is there anywhere that you'd want to point them? Yeah, keithevertsmith.com. Cool. There's an E at the end of Everett, keithevertsmith.com, or Instagram yep. at producerkeith1. Or go to any Katy Perry concert in your town and... Oh, no. I, no. No. <laughs> Not Katy Perry. Yeah, I'm actually a super fan. That's really what it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're at every single one. <laughs> no, man. I got to come see you play Toby Mac. Dude, I would awesome. love you to. It's a really awesome thing. Uh, he's a good man. He pastors our team well. Our tours are just a joy. I've heard he's brilliant as like a businessman, too. It's a master class yeah. in anything about being an artist yeah. or a songwriter. Like. It's just been really yeah. amazing. His money's where his mouth is in right. terms of his walk with the Lord. Yep. You know, there's nothing put on or fake. His lyrics resonate because I think the Lord is so active in his life. Yeah, right. I think I saw that you guys played at the, was it the Dove Awards? Last time I played Dove Awards was with Toby and DC Talk. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah, DC Talk. I've done it a few other times. Um, wow. What was that like? Here and there. Actually, the, the DC Talk moment was kind of a full circle moment oh, for, yeah. for me. I feel like for anybody in their like 30s, late 20s, 
Oh. We grew up on Jesus Freak, you know? Absolutely. In fact, a funny story about that is my first year with Toby was either the 20th or the 25th anniversary of Jesus Freak. I think 20th. And we were at a place, and I just started. I mean, they've played Jesus Freak hundreds, if not thousands of times. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they call Jesus Freak as an encore. And so I'm handed a guitar, and I've never rehearsed it. I've never even played it in my bedroom. I have a pretty good ear, and so I know what the riff is. I mean, yeah. I, I know that song intimately. I know, right, right. know what it is, but I've never played it. And so they kick it off, and I'm playing this... Playing this riff. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, what in the world just happened to my life? <laughs> like, this right. is the most surreal... Right like crazy thing ever it would have been one thing to have practiced it for a bunch of weeks yeah, right. with the band and then i went out to do that thing and yeah. I, I would have still thought that was cool but in an instant to be playing a song with this band you've yeah, loved right. since you were a kid it was just super crazy you know oh a very gosh. full circle moment that's so cool man well thanks for sharing your heart on the podcast and here at the conference too yeah man thanks for being a friend and yeah man you know it's been fun to watch what God's doing in your life too and it's always good catching up with you absolutely hey community our feature producer this month is Jonathan Paris Jonathan is based in India and has a bunch of tracks on our site including tracks for Hillsong Bethel and Elevation Worship he loves composing original music as well as remixing worship songs let's hear from him now hey guys my name is Jonathan Paris and I'm a producer for Loop Community I live in Mumbai, India, and I've been leading worship at my church, New Life Fellowship, for over 12 years now. So outside church, I have a regular day job, and once I'm done with that, I'm usually back home in my home studio producing some kind of music or the other. So it's been about three years since I've been producing some backing tracks for a few churches around Mumbai, and uh, about two years ago, I found out about Loop Community and uh, decided to join some of the producers there as well. And the best part about it is I not only get to help my local church, but so many churches all over the world. I am LC. Thanks, Jonathan. Now let's hear his track for Spirit Move by Bethel Music. This is Community Talk. Derek, what did you think of that interview? Oh, it was great. But the first thing I need to talk about is, have you really seen the Katy Perry movie five times? <laughs> I've, yeah, yeah. I've actually seen it probably about six times. It's wow. a very good movie. If anybody has not seen this movie, you have to see I it. I think not. it's on Netflix. Okay. It's I will part of me. go home and watch it. What I like about it is that it's like so real. It's like very behind the scenes. Okay. Like you really feel like you're actually like on the tour and you get to experience like the human side of her. That's cool. Which is really cool. So favorite Katy Perry song. Oh gosh. It's got to be Teenage Dream. Teenage Dream. Mine's Firework, but Teenage That's Dream a good is one too. good as well. Have you seen her in concert? I have not. I think my wife has, um, but I don't. Probably in high yeah. school, I think she had. Have you? I saw, yeah. I saw her when she was here in Chicago. Wow. Pretty epic. I saw her on TV at the Super Bowl when she rode in on a giant tiger. Oh my gosh. But I forgot I about, yeah. Did that not counts. see her live. All right. Cool. 
So what about this interview stuck out to you? Oh, it was so good. There were so many just things that I learned that I can apply to how I view myself when yeah. I'm expecting excellence for myself or even other people when I'm right. expecting excellence from them. Yeah, right. And Keith talks a lot about just like how we need to allow ourselves to make mistakes. If we expect that we're never going to make mistakes when they happen, it's mm -hmm. going to be so frustrating and so much worse. Yeah, right. It can be crushing. <laughs> We've all been there. We've yeah. all been on stage leading worship or doing anything in our lives where right. we thought this is going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I've practiced. I've put in all the work. Yeah. Like we talked about before, sometimes you can put in all of the work and it just doesn't reach excellence. Uh -huh. But then what Keith talks about is that doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't excellent if there's a mistake. The actual quote was, just as much ministry can come from a wrong note as a right note. Wow. And that was such a good point just for me to hear that because a very literal example of that quote is if you're on stage and you play a wrong note, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything is derailed and right. you don't have to beat yourself up over it and tell everyone after, oh, I hit a wrong yeah. note and I ruined yeah. it. And he said he's had to teach himself that with himself. And if like the bass player or his drummer plays a wrong note or hits the wrong drum, like it doesn't mean God's not being exalted in that yeah, moment right. in the church, which is excellent. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah, that you even hit it, hit right. a note. Like, yeah. Is, yeah, that's, and that, that is really cool. God can use that. And you're up there leading worship, and right. God's using you. Like, that right there is an excellent opportunity and privilege. Right. And just because maybe your lyrics aren't synced up to yeah. your tracks doesn't mean that it's not yeah. excellent. Right. He talked about... Yeah. Just because you, what was the quote? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Wow. And he talked about it with technology and like tracks and like yeah. syncing up your lyrics and running everything from one MacBook. So it's super right. automated. And But that can go wrong. It can go wrong. Which just shows that like there's an expectation of excellence there. And so if that can go wrong, then maybe you shouldn't do it that way. Yeah, right. Um, well, it can really derail people. Yeah. I think people too kind of get a little bit cart before the horse in some ways. Yeah. Wanting to program everything out, right. you know, program their lights, program their lyrics, have like all these MIDI controllers. And it's like, well, hey, let's just start talking about how do you get audio out of your computer right. <laughs> through the headphone jack? <laughs> right. You know, before we get like, you know, to programming everything. Yeah. Maybe you don't need. Yeah four softwares open right. at one time on four Macs. Yeah, it's just not all necessary. With a, all with a redundant rig right. through three interfaces or something like just that. Just can like, be overkill. It can. Uh, yeah, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, I like that. Because you got to really do whatever's going to really just serve the moment well, yes. serve your church well. And maybe that is programming everything out. Maybe it is. If you do that, that's awesome. And if that works for you. Yeah. But, but it, I think his point was kind of like, if we're making it kind of almost about ourselves. Right. And, maybe you feel like, Oh, I can, so I have to. Yeah. And so then you have to work to do it. But maybe that's not the fit for your church or your life with certain things. Right. Just because you can do a whole bunch of stuff in different areas of your life doesn't mean that maybe that's what that you should, is yeah. best for you or what God's calling you to do. Yeah, right. Um, and wow. yeah, that was awesome. What else stood out to you? He talked about leading uh, with your imperfections mm. to be vulnerable to your team. And that's huge as someone who has been led and then also by someone who has led other people, like if you show as a leader that you're imperfect and that you have problems, your team is going to one, relate to you more. Hmm. They'll probably respect you more because they see, okay, he realizes that yeah. he messed up that part of the song or yeah, he right. came in really tired today. And so he shared that with us. Right. And 
if he's not perfect, then maybe it's okay if I'm not. And they can yeah. learn from that and follow you. And your communication with your team can be a lot better than if you're always trying to be put on this face for everyone of excellence that maybe isn't there. Right. You're almost strong by being weak in yeah, a way. Definitely. Wow. I think that's really good advice for just anyone who's leading a team Mm-hmm. anyone who's being followed by a leader, maybe maybe you're not the leader, but if you're vulnerable with your leader first, maybe they'll open up to you. Yeah, right. It can be a two-way thing for everybody to be vulnerable and lead with right. your imperfections. Wow, that's good, man. Great interview with Keith. Thanks for joining the Loop Community Podcast. As always, if you're listening to this, hit the subscribe button and uh, leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the podcast and what we could do to improve it. We read every single one it means a lot to us that you're a part of this community. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Loop Community Podcast. If you liked this episode, click subscribe and you'll never miss another one.